Yo, what up? What up? What up? What's up, everyone? It's your man, I Do a Barber, back with another Beyond the Chair podcast. This is episode 14, where we are rocking strong. After a while, I know I might lose track of these, but it's nice that I'm actually keeping track of them for you guys, of course. And I always have to remind you all that this podcast can be found on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Anchor, Spotify, you can find them all on those platforms. Just type in I do a barber podcast. Of course, I do a barber podcast and you can find it that way. If not, you can listen live on YouTube every Wednesday, 930 Central Standard Time is where I go live and we do this podcast. We talk any and everything barbering. So if you have questions, please let them fly. There are no holes barred here. What up, my man, Akil? I see you in the building. He said it's been a minute. Yes, it has been a minute for you. I haven't seen you in a while, but of course, you know how this goes. I've been around here doing this for a while. So uh, quite fun. This is a very interesting podcast here today. Let me get this chat popped out so I can see what's going on. Because last week, if you guys remember, I completely ignored the chat for about like half the podcast. And people were just like firing questions away and I did not see what was going on. But now we're good to go. So we're in business. So as the title of this podcast would suggest, yeah, no, you probably saw it unless you can't read the sacrifices you make. And yes, we are going to get into the sacrifices you make and the potential of the sacrifices you make in your future. But before I do that. I went on Instagram. If you if you guys don't follow me on Instagram, is I do a barber, and Instagram has this new feature out now where it says, you know, ask me a question, or you can put whatever title that you feel in there. You know, you can say, hey, ask me a question about porn. Ask me a question about cats. Ask me a question about baseball. Whatever the, whatever you want someone to ask you a question about. So I pose a question. And I said, ask me a question. So I'm going to answer some questions. And I said, this is for the podcast. So I decided to let me answer a few of these questions. So YG David one on Instagram, he asked me, how do you properly put on a neck strip? Now, that simple question sounds so simple, yet that is a very loaded question because you could ask a bunch of different barbers how to put on a neck strip. Well, the key word here properly put on a neck strip that's a tricky one because the whole purpose of the neck strip is to keep the cape from touching the client's skin and that's the entire purpose behind it now you if you look behind me here not sure if you can see this there are neck strips let me grab these boom these are my neck strips this is my barber station in my youtube room so uh I'm going to try and demonstrate this on myself as best as I can. I don't have a a model here or anything like that to actually demonstrate this. But I'll try and demonstrate it on myself. So bear with me, uh, YG David one. That's if you're watching. I really hope you are watching because it'd be kind of difficult to listen to me do this and actually, you know, not see the visual. So. All right. So here's one thing that I do with the next trips. OK, first thing what I do is. I use two. I don't use one neck strip. I use two neck strips. When we're talking about neck strips. So as you see, you know, this is a long strip, but there's not only one, but there's two. So you see that 
Sorry for everyone who's listening to this on podcast platforms and you can't see this. But if you go on my YouTube channel in the name of Barber Life, you will see this if you go back and listen to this podcast or watch it for that matter. But I use two neck strips. Main reason for me using two neck strip is this one from my trials and tribulations of using one neck strip. I just bust through one neck strip like what I do for most clients, unless it's a kid or a female or something like that. I do this immediately. I grab it by both ends. I, le- I, I, I put a little bit of the neck strip in my hand here on both sides. And what I do is I stretch this out because what a lot of times a lot of the clients I have, their necks are bigger. So I got to stretch this out. So immediately I do that, especially if I'm doing this on guys, I'll stretch this out which means I have much more room now with this neck strip. All right. Now, if I were to do this with one neck strip, I will bust this thing out automatically. So other reason why I use two neck strips. Now, the second reason why I use use two neck strips is this. When I put the neck strip on, I'm going to try and demonstrate this on myself. So bear with me if some of the audio may kind of fade out a little bit. So if you look at my neck here, if you look at that, see how much room I have uh, there. So I have a lot of room to play. Like some people, when they put on neck strips, they'll put them on and they'll just tie them in the back. And I found that that's not really nice for the customer because what will happen is technically, if you want to do it properly, it could either fall off or the neck, the cape can still touch the client's skin in some way, shape or form. And essentially that's what you don't want. So what I do is, and I, who knows maybe i'll make a video about this i I don't know probably not maybe i'll do it in the tutorial so what i'll do is this i'll put this on the skin here i'll overlap this like such but what i will do is the part that i made overlap i will tuck this into the top like so so you see that there and it looks a little bit funky i know this looks a little bit funky because Again, I'm doing this on myself. So I, I look probably a little bit crazy to the to the viewer, probably look a little bit crazy. But this is how I put on my neck strips. So you see that the little top portion where my finger is, that's where it's tucked in up top. So what I will do is from here, what I do is I put the cape on. So I put the cape on around midway here. Boom. And I secure the cape just like that. And after I put the cape on, I will fold this part over top of the cape to where no hair slides underneath. It's all tucked in nice and neat. And the cape will not touch the client's skin. So let me get this off so I don't look like a mummy anymore. That's actually kind of felt kind of weird. But that's how I properly put on an, a neck strip. Now, there's different types of neck strips that you have out there. There's neck strips that they have that are a lot thicker as far as the, I guess, the not the length, but the width. You can buy those if you don't really care about that. They're a little bit more expensive and you don't get as many per pack. There's the black neck strips, you know, there's different companies that make, make neck strips. Uh, there's PST tiles, different types of things. He also had another question. Let me look at his other question. He also goes on to say, can you make your first guideline with the clippers and then go underneath it with the trimmers? So his second question is, it's a really basic question. And shout out to everyone in the comments. I see you, Ray P, uh, Mike. 
my man Mike, your tutorial. Mike, if you're curious, your tutorial will be dropping, I think, next week. So I was out in Florida, shot my cut my buddy's hair, shot a haircut tutorial while I was at it. So, Mike, your haircut tutorial will be up next week. That's if I'm not mistaken. I could be lying. I lie all the time. But to answer his question, can you make your first guideline with the clippers and go underneath it with the trimmers? Yes. Uh, you have to think of it like this. Uh, you're saying basically close lever on your adjustables. You make a guideline. Can you go underneath that and ball down and whatever with your trimmers? Yes. It's essentially like you balding out with your trimmers and going underneath with the shaver or the razor. Essentially, it's the same. It's just like if I were to ball out with my trimmers, go underneath with the shaver and then I'm done but you're doing it on a higher level. I'm just, if I were to use my trimmers and use a shaver or razor it, I'm just getting even closer. It's just, you're just not using a shaver or a razor. So yes, end of the day, yes, you can do that. Uh, let me see, you guys have some questions. <laughs> have some questions in the comments. Oh, wow, so it's your first time catching the live stream, yo. This is hopefully you're into barbering. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it just is what it is. Ralph Lauren says, "What if you got a 300 300 pound man with four chins? Oof, you got to find the first chin. <laughs> That's all I can say for you." Uh, <laughs> he says, "How do you afford to buy a new house, garden, and stuff while barber <laughs> while in barber instructor school?" Were you rich from MMA? <laughs> All right. That's a question we'll have to get into later. But I will answer someone's question, which will probably lead into that question later. But this question was this. If you had the opportunity to buy a barbershop, this now this question also comes from Instagram, where I said, ask me a question on Instagram and I'll answer it on the podcast. So this is the question. It says, if you had the opportunity to, opportunity to buy a barbershop, what would be the most you'd pay for it? Now, <clears throat> that's a tricky question because boy, oh boy, that's a tricky one because in the barber industry, not a lot of people do things the right way, the way they run their business, the way they sell their business like a lot of barbers they just when they when it comes time for them to sell their business they'll just sell it for whatever they put into it so let's say it, it took them 30 grand to put into the business to create this barbershop some of some of them will just sell it for that or less you know i've seen people give away barbershops you know there's all types of things that happens when it comes uh when it comes time to uh, buying a barber business or selling a barber business. Not a lot of people actually go by the way that, you know, people sell businesses in the corporate world. Now, what uh, happens a lot of times is the way people sell businesses, this is just one way. And I'm just going to give you an example. Uh, what they do is this. They look at the, the, the profits from the business and they'll do a multiplier. So they'll do a multiplier, let's say times three. So, and to make this easy I'll, I'll use some easy numbers uh for us to digest for this example so let's say my barber business was profitable twenty five thousand dollars every year like clockwork right so we've been open for five years every year we've been profitable 
$25,000 per year. So what I'll do is as a uh, potential buyer, what I'll do is I'll look at the numbers and I'll say, okay, cool. This guy's been profitable $25,000 a year, every year, like clockwork. I can guarantee that you know, and if I'm going to buy this business, I can at least expect to have $25,000 or if not more then the intention, especially if I'm buying it would be to make more money. So what I'll do is I do a multiplier. So I let's say I do a times three multiplier. So times three, meaning those three years, and he would sell me the business for $75,000. So that's how that could happen. Now in barbering, Typically, most barbershops that get sold, they don't do it like that. You know, some I've, I've seen some multipliers that are a little bit higher. You know, maybe you get a times five multiplier and then you get one hundred twenty five thousand uh, dollars for your business. And of course, I, it, it, there are different other little different things, but that's just one example. Uh, so if I'm using a multiplier and it all depends, you know, like most people aren't buying chain barbershops. They're probably just buying like a single barbershop that who knows, maybe the old guy just wants to sell it. Maybe a guy just wants to get out of the barber business. Maybe some guy tried the barber business and failed, whatever the case may be. This happens all the time. You, you'll see barbershops for sale, but the most that I would pay for a barbershop, that's a loaded question for me because my idea would well for me it would be ideal for me to do it on my own from the very beginning i could have everything the way i wanted versus having to have someone's stuff and who knows maybe renovate or just deal with it as is and then have to slowly renovate and change some things so if that were the case if i were to have to buy it from someone and I'm dealing with either having to restore it or deal with it as is. One, I honestly, it's tricky. Me personally, I would have to look at the numbers. I'd have to look at to see how profitable this business is. Now, here's a, the other part of that. Was this person keeping track? So let's say he was keeping track. You know, if it is profitable, do, is it in good location? All these other things. Me personally... I also think about how much it would cost for me to start a barbershop on my very own, because there are many different costs that it takes to start up a barbershop. You know, you could start a barbershop up for 10 grand and this all depends on size. You know, all barbershops are different size. There's one man shops up to 20 man shops and they're all different. And of course, there's costs associated the more chairs and stations you have in a barbershop. And of course, with more stations and more chairs, that's more square footage. And when, you, when you're talking about more square footage, you're talking in about more rent and the bigger the building and a lot of the other costs associated with that. So if I'm going to buy one, I'm thinking I would think in my mind would I rather buy something or would I rather start it myself? So I'm seeing how you're asking me the question, I'm going to answer directly from me. So what I would think going in and how much I would pay for a barbershop would be this. What type of shop would I want right now at this moment in time? Okay, so if you were to say, if you could open up a barbershop, I do it, how many chairs do you wanna have? I would say six. So. 
for me to have a six man barbershop, how, how much space would that take me if I were to just do bare bones? I could probably get away with a thousand square feet in six stations. That's not that big of a space. A thousand square feet is not that big. It really isn't. I could probably get away with 800 square feet, but I take a thousand. You have a little break room or something, but thousand square feet. How much would it take for me to open this barbershop? It could be, like I said, anywhere from 10 grand to 40 grand. Just depends on your taste, you know, how much it costs to build out and all this other stuff and blah, blah, blah. So for me to do the way I want six stations, about a thousand square feet, my guess would be anywhere between 20 to 25 grand would be my budget. And me knowing me, I'd be able to find some stuff and, you know, I know how I'd be very resourceful with the things that I would do within the barbershop. That now this is just my idea. I'm not giving you any blueprints or layouts of how I'm going to have everything and what materials and all these other things. I'm just saying I would be re very resourceful. That's why I say 20 to 25 grand. I can get away with that. So how so th that being said, knowing how much I would put into a barbershop to start from ground up 25 grand. So the most I'd be willing to pay no more than 25 grand. So, <laughs> so I hope that answers your question. I would not pay more than 25 grand. So, but let's get into some of the actual topics of today's chat, because like I said, uh, F D S V D V D V D. That's a weird name. You need to change that screen name, but I will answer his question because he says, how do you afford to buy a new house? garden and stuff while in barber instructor school were you rich from mma okay now i'm gonna go from back to front okay so was i rich from mma no uh the fighter lifestyle and, and for those of you that that did know i used to fight professionally back in the day but i don't fight anymore obviously but i do talk about mma on this channel i still love mma i love fighting as you know, I do fight commentary and podcasts and stuff. So, no, I was not rich from MMA. I was actually poor from MMA. Uh, MMA is one of those sports that can leave you broke and lonely. And it's a very lonely road to the top. And not very many people actually make it to the top. And there's a lot of sacrifices associated with getting to the top, which is also the topic of today's podcast. You know, the sacrifices that you make. Now, it also comes down to sacrifices. You know, how far are you willing to sacrifice to get what you want? Whatever your dreams are, whatever your aspirations are, what are the sacrifices that you, you are willing to take to get there? Now, you're asking, how do I buy a new house, garden and stuff while in barber instructor school? And I'm not even working as a barber right now. I Granted, I do cut hair for money here and there, but it, it all comes down to sacrifice and putting yourself in the right position to do certain things, right? Because if you think about it, since I moved to Texas, uh, we've moved to Texas here to uh, late 2016, it's mid 2018. So yeah, in about a couple months, it's gonna be that, yeah, actually, yeah, in 
two months, it will be the two year mark since being here in Texas. So um, that being said, I literally haven't worked in almost two years. If you talk about work, if you talk about me going somewhere, either punching a clock or uh, doing well, I can, it's different because yes, I do still cover for monies, but I don't look at barbering as work. So if you talk about it, yeah, we'll say about a year. But anywho, I was going through barber college and other things. But even before I moved here to Texas, I had a taxi business in Florida. So me knowing I needed to get out of the taxi business in five years, I knew I knew I needed to do something different. I planned for this, the, which planning also comes some sacrifice. So I had to save some money. I had to prepare for some of the things that we wanted to do here once we got to Florida, which was buy a house and start barber college. So I actually started barber college before we bought the house. That actually was a process, a much longer process than I expected, but it took some sacrifices. Me knowing that I had to get my credit in order right? When you're buying a house and granted, you don't technically need to have good credit to buy a house. A lot of people have that misconception that you have to have good credit to buy a house. You can have bad credit and buy a house, but they're, you know, they're, they're going to get you on the, you know, they're going to still stick it to you for having bad credit. Um, now credit and my past work history, that helped me a lot in buying a house because what, when I actually, when we bought this house, I didn't have a job even while I was looking for that. I didn't have a job, but I did have income. Uh, what helped me was, you know, I was in the military before and then I was able to use my VA benefits to actually uh, make it through barber college. And that's one of the big things that saved me was being able to use my VA benefits. And without that, I'm going to be honest, without the, the VA benefits, I would have not been able to attend barber college that easily i should say i wouldn't say at all because anything is possible but i'll say i wouldn't have been able to do it that easily because we all know the price of barber college is very expensive nowadays like barber college is very expensive the school i went to it was 17 to 5 and by the time i graduated i know the price increased slightly and who knows i mean i've been gone for a while so maybe that price has increased even further I have no idea and I don't want to know, but that just goes to show that barber college is very expensive. Now, there are very cheap barber colleges, too, but this just happened to be the one that I chose. And it just is what it is. I didn't pay anything for barber college. And with me having my VA benefits, they actually pay us while we are in school. So I actually got a monthly stipend while I was in school. So it actually helped me quite a bit with uh, monthly, whatever, whatever. And yes, my wife does work. So that actually helped with some things. Uh, also you say garden, the garden stuff, um, that was more of a gift, like a, like a mother day, mother's day gift, but still that takes money. Gardens gardening is expensive. I, I didn't realize, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I do, I do these garden videos every week. If you guys don't know that, but I didn't realize like how expensive gardening can be. It's almost like a new hobby. Let's say you pick up golf, you pick up uh, tennis, any hobby, right? An expensive hobby, you know, like hobbies like golf, hobbies like tennis can be very expensive hobbies. And gardening 
although for some people it is a hobby and for some people it's livelihood, you know, farming, you know, on a much higher agricultural level, it's, it's much more uh, labor intensive as well, but it can be very expensive, you know, and it can be, you know, you can do some more costly options, but depending on the type of setup you have, but ours, it does require some attention, you know, so I'm, I'm always doing something every day, whether it's, monitoring watering harvesting pruning you know looking out for bugs or whatever you know it takes some time and it takes some money which was a surprise to me but the thing was to go back to your question and to fully answer your question i saved money i prepared for this we moved from florida to texas solely for me to go to barber college that was the entire purpose and then everything well and buy a house but everything else sort of fell into place from there like it, it, I, don't, I don't know what to call it maybe it was just uh like where where you have uh hard work and opportunity meets and it, things just started to fall together for us call it luck call it whatever you want it just is what it is maybe we're just fortunate like that but I know for a lot of people, it's very, very hard. Like they have a hard time trying to go through this and that. But it's all about sacrifice. It's all about doing the right things and making those sacrifices. Like I said, the topic of this podcast is the sacrifices that you make. You you make these little investments. You make these little deposits that you don't see any return on your investment right away. And you're doing it for however long. It could be a week. It could be a month. It could be for years. You're making these deposits. You're just depositing, depositing, depositing. And you're not seeing anything. And you're just wondering, like, when am I ever going to see anything from all of this hard work that I'm doing? When am I going to reap the rewards of all of this hard work? That's where the patience comes in and you have to believe in what you're doing and the plan and the process. So with me knowing I was going to move here, yes, saved money, right? Yes, I have to get my credit in order, right? Because I want a good interest rate. I don't want to have to jump through hoops to actually go through all of the process of getting uh, approved and all this other stuff. Because if any of you bought guys bought a house, they ask for so much paperwork. Now, on top of them doing that already, I don't want them to ask me for anything else. So I had to get my credit in order, you know, had to get it, you know, in the high sevens. So that was no problem. That was actually quite easy. But I also had to plan and do other things associated with getting things together in order here in Texas. So me doing all this stuff. Yeah, it's all nice to plan and everything, but like like what Mike Tyson said back in the day, you know, everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face. So knowing that, yes, I have this plan, who knows how things are going to go in reality? Because there's difference between, you know, perspective and reality. You know, the reality is, yeah, I want to come here and go to Barber College and buy a house. But yeah, what really happened was we had to wait to buy the house. It wasn't as easy as I thought. It wasn't one of those things where I was just like, okay, I'm just going to waltz my way over here, go to the bank. Hey, just drop off this paperwork. We'll be in the house in a little while. What we didn't know was this market here in Texas was highly competitive here in Dallas is very competitive. So many people are moving here to Dallas. It's not even funny. And a lot of people are trying to buy houses, the housing market. It's a seller's market. You know, if you want to make some money, especially if you bought your house in the what was that? The mid 2000 
time when everything, when that whole recession thing hit and people were buying up property, land and houses for dirt cheap. You know, they're making a lot of money now off their homes, especially in this market. And it was highly competitive. You know, we searched for like four months. We put, I think, 14 offers in on properties before we got accepted in the one that we're in now. And that's just a part of the process. You know, we, we like I said, I didn't think that was going to happen, but that was that curveball that just happens. That just happens with life. You know, we plan for one thing, but then something else happens. So then we had to prepare for some other things. So then th there were other things associated with it. But hey, if we didn't have money and didn't save for these things, we wouldn't have been able to be in the position that we're in now. So just like buying a house, if anyone has bought a house, we I'm trying to think because I want to choose my words wisely here when I say this. Yeah, and I think I'm safe to say this. We literally refurnished this entire house from zero. So all of the furniture that we had in Florida, we did not No, Yeah, we did not use any single furniture that we had in Florida in this house now. So if any of you guys know or bought a house, furnished a house, furnished an apartment, whatever the case may be. And of course, that all depends on your taste too. Cause some people have, you know, that beer budget, you know, and have the wine taste. We furnished this entire house from zero. Now, for, like I said, for those of you guys that know, you know how expensive it is to furnish a house. Now this house is about, I think 2,400, 2,500 square feet, but four bedrooms, so to furnish all of these rooms, just think about that, you know, two living room furniture sets, dining sets. We bought all, well, not all new stuff for the kitchen, but we got a lot of stuff for the kitchen, you know, uh, bedrooms, our bedroom, kids' bedroom, their playroom. Uh, there's an upstairs room. We had to do some stuff there. Uh, so just think about that. Uh, very expensive. Now, if we didn't save this money, we wouldn't have been able to do this that easily because, hey, at the end of the day, we could have used some credit. We could have took out some loans. But at that point, I didn't want to do that. I'm already taking out the loan for this house. Then also we had to get another car. So us having to get another car, that presented some other challenges because, you know, if anyone knows when you buy a house, your credit score kind of goes down a little bit because you got this big old uh, thing on your credit history, you know, this property. So we had to get a house. So not a house, but a car. So we had a we got a lease on the car. So we leased a car, and then uh, some other things happened. Like I totaled I totaled my vehicle uh, less than a month from moving here to Texas. So just imagine that you know that I drove my car here to Texas, and even before I I came here, I put like a thousand dollars into the car into repairs, and here I go over here thinking, okay, cool. I just dropped all this money. Now this car is going to be good. I shouldn't have any problems for a while. I fixed all the problems. I, I fixed some potential problems that, you know, I did this, I did that. Cool. Good to go. Got me a car. I should be good for a little while. Get here, er, rear end it, boom, totaled the car. So now I got to get a new car. Luckily, having some money, that wasn't too much of a problem. And it also helped. Well, I wouldn't say it totally 
helped that stupid check the the amount that they give you for the cars usually is nowhere near what you will want but like i said having money helped this process so sacrificing the hard work it helps you never know until you're put into the situation and then you realize yeah this is why i did all these things this is exactly why this is happening because i did these other things like if i didn't do if I didn't get my credit in order, if I didn't save money, if I didn't prepare for all these other things, when all these little obstacles happen, when all these little curveballs were thrown, monkey wrenches thrown, because I'm telling you, like for, to where we are now from when we moved to here to Texas, there were like a lot of monkey wrenches. Like I said, car got totaled in the first month of us being here, not being able to buy the house right away. And we didn't buy it until I think it was. Yeah, because we bought this house when I was in Barber College, regular Barber College. So I bought it while I was in Barber College. So I think it was like nine months. So nine months from when we moved here, that's when we finally closed. So imagine that, you know, I'm over here thinking I'm going to be in the house and within the first couple months of Barber College turned out to be nine months into Barber College. So all these little monkey wrenches, things happening and a few other things, too the heart the sacrifice and hard work will pay off just like in barbering if you go into a new shop and you expect to be booked and busy either right off the bat or within the first few weeks or months look let's just be honest could those things happen yes they could because hey in this world anything is possible you know everyone's situations and circumstances are different you know let's say you go to a barber college you've grown up in this town forever you know everybody more than likely it shouldn't be hard for you to get clientele if you have a lot of friends you know a lot of people they're willing to support your dreams and your aspirations and what you're willing to do they believe in you because they see you working hard they see you putting all the time into this so they're willing to support and help you yeah of course shouldn't be easy. it shouldn't be hard for you to get clientele that that's easy you know what i mean but for the person like me i don't know anyone here in dallas so you have to trust the process and sacrifice make these little small investments to reap the rewards later so let's say you go into a shop and you follow some of these principles you know you're there first you're the last guy to leave you're doing this all the time you're always there you're just there 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 right but not all the time are you busy of course you know sometimes you're just sitting there twiddling your thumbs it, it may just feel like you're just paying to hang out at the barbershop you know you're paying your booth rent every week and you're like man am i just just kind of paying to hang out at the barbershop but this this wasn't what i expected but customers will notice this guy's here all the time like this guy let me just give him a shot one time so someone gives you a shot on top of let's say you're going out you're doing some marketing whether it's going out talking to other local businesses handing out some business cards meeting people you know socializing going to social events whatever doing social media marketing all that stuff cool so in the beginning it may not pan out but if you sacrifice make those little investments you're just dropping them making those deposits boom 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 you're not seeing returns on them right away but eventually it's going to start paying off and you might not know it at first that's why it's paying off but eventually you'll, you'll start to realize like oh you're that guy i met from so and so blah 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 oh you're that guy i saw out 
and I was talking to you. You told you I was a barber. I told you where my place was. And he's like, hey, maybe he comes and finally checks you out five months later. You know, he might not come check you out right away, but hey, maybe he's just loyal to his barber. Then five months later, who knows, maybe his barber relocates. And then, hey, he remembers you from five months ago and decides to give you a shot. Now you have to climb for life. And then who knows, maybe he'll bring on a whole bunch of other people. So those sacrifices you make, that little small deposit, you're not going to see it now, but you might see it later. This happened to me a lot where, and I, and I can vouch for this, and this is true. You really have to be careful how, how you operate in the eyes of others when you're in a business setting, because let's say a barbershop, for instance, people pay attention as much as you might not think people are watching or listening. People do pay attention. Let's say another barber, let's say three other barbers are cutting hair. You're not cutting hair, right? So everyone's having a conversation with their customers. And, you know, you just kind of chime in here and there on some conversations, whether they toss you a question, you, you know, you answer the question, whatever. Now, people are paying attention how you answer the question, how you hold yourself, how's your demeanor. Let's say you pick up the phone and you just answer a personal call because, hey, you're not busy, but they're cutting hair. They're they're in it within an earshot. They can see you. They're, they're paying attention to your, your demeanor. They're paying attention to how you conduct yourself. And hey, if they like it, they might be willing to give you a shot later. I've seen this happen a lot. This has happened. I've seen it happen and I've seen it happen to me. And it's really gratifying later once you realize the situation where it's like, wow, okay, this dude, he's not available, but this guy is now willing to give me a shot because he saw how I held myself. He saw that I'm professional. He saw that I'm not, not a goofball. He likes my work, blah, blah, blah. That's sacrificing and hard work paying off because when you're, it's a lot, it's, it's really easy to get laxed. It's really easy to just be, you know, cool, chilling. You know, you're just like, it's real comfortable to be comfortable. That's why it's all, they always say, you know, if you want to get to the top, you got to do some very uncomfortable things because for most people in mediocrity, it's very comfortable to be comfortable. And I understand it, you know, like, and you do, and I always tell people, you have to uh, hold yourself accountable and you have to do some inventory on yourself every now and again, because like I say, it's very easy to get comfortable. It's just, you know, you'll really, you'll realize it. If you really are aware with yourself and your person, you'll realize when you're get com getting, getting comfortable or becoming comfortable because you'll realize that you're doing the same things over and over. You're just like, Hmm, it's kind of weird. I'm just doing this and this I'm real comfortable. You know, you don't see much growth. There's a little bit of plateau there. And I always tell people, uh, change it up, like, like just change it up. It, it's, it's good to change it up to where people don't get a read on you all the time. It's always good to just throw a little curveball in and have people just think because it's like, hey, it's like this when let's let's say your girlfriend or your wife, right? She goes to work one day. You, let's say both of you all work work a nine to five, but you get home before your wife or girlfriend. And she comes back, you know, she has brown hair. She comes back home with red hair. Women like to be noticed and things like that, right? But let's say you notice it. 
it's the same thing. When you change it up, people will notice, especially in an atmosphere like a barbershop or something like that. When you change up things and people, especially when they get accustomed to you doing a certain things, people will notice when you start doing things a little bit differently. When you mix it up, they'll be like, wow, this guy, he's always doing this. He's always doing that. And I always ask people, especially if I don't see them in a while, especially at school, I always ask people, what's up? And then, you know, some people, they'll whether they don't want to have a conversation with you or not, because some people, they'll always give you the stock answer like, oh, nothing. Oh, I'm good. Oh, this or that, whatever. But I always think when people say, oh, same, same old thing, man. And I always ask them, like, really? Really? Not, nothing new? <laughs> because I'm just like. Why do the same old thing? Like, wh why? Why, why? Why? Like, nothing's different. Nothing's new in your life. Nothing's happening. Because if that's the case, then you're really comfortable. If nothing new is happening, some, then you're really comfortable, especially as a barber. You, you got to think, like, we're self-employed for the most part, you know, aside from everyone that works hourly or commission, the people that pay booth rent or work in suites, things like that, we're self-employed. We're self-driven. We're self-made. We, we have to produce. We have to generate. So in those scenarios, if you're if you plan to or if you are in those scenarios, doing the same thing over it, I mean, I mean, unless you're just comfortable, cool. But you gotta be doing something new in this industry. The, everything's changing. The trends are different. Styles are different. There's new, different ways of doing things. Uh, new barbers, up and coming barbers, they're progressing. They're pushing the game forward and being very innovative in certain techniques that they do and things like that. And the customers see this, and the customers they want us. They want these things. They want to look like that. They want to look like the guy on TV. They want to look like the guy in the music video. They want to look like the guy in the magazine. They want to look like the guy in the newest blockbuster movie. You know, you see it all the time. Like all these new different haircuts and hairstyles. Like, oh, I want like the Brad Pitt Fury look was big a few years ago. A lot of guys were getting this undercut. I don't know what's the new thing now, but. Of course, there's always different types of trends and things like that, but you got to mix it up. You got to sacrifice and, and do these things to learn this stuff to where you're not doing the same thing. It's not just the same old, same old. Because if in this industry, if you're not growing, you're dying. And that's just life. You know, if you're not growing, you're dying. Just like in my garden. If things aren't growing, they're dying. It's, it's that plain and simple. You know, shout out to everyone in the comments, uh, Ben Sutton and Malik123. Let me go back to you guys and answer answer some more, more of you guys' questions. Ralph Lauren says, I hope you open your own shop in the future. I would definitely visit. Now, that's a fun comment, uh, Ralph Lauren, because I've been grappling with this idea of, should I open a barbershop? Because I've noticed here in, Bar here in Dallas, where I am, a lot of people open up barbershops and there are tons of barbershops opening up all the time. And I always think, why is I, I know barbering is hot now, but why is everyone opening up a barbershop? Does everyone just want to be their own boss? But here's the thing. Not everyone's prepared to be their own boss. Let's just be honest. And I'm pretty sure you guys would know that. And honestly, that's probably one of the reasons why a lot of these people are opening up their own shops. You see these other barbers branching out and opening up their own shops because 
one, they're probably not happy with the management or the owner of the barbershop they worked in prior. So they were like, screw this. Uh, you know, if I'm going to if I want things done right, I'm going to do it myself. We all we all heard that classic saying, if you want something done right, do it yourself. And that's what they do. They go out and open up their own barbershop. But then the reality is not a lot of people are ready to be in their own boss. They're not really there and they are not leaders. They're not ready to be leaders. They are not ready to be responsible. They're not ready to handle the day to day. They're not, not ready to be a legitimate business person where they're running a legitimate business where, you know, all the barbers are licensed. You know what I'm saying? So that happens a lot here in Dallas. There's tons of barbershops. It's crazy. So what I've noticed in the job search is that it's very hard to find a good barbershop. Now, even on top of that, to add another layer to it, finding a barbershop that fits some of the ideas that I have in mind and some of the, um, I, I, I don't want to say demands, but some of the things that I would like to do within the barbershop and things like this. So it's really hard. So as far as me opening up a barbershop, that might happen soon, maybe. But I'm, I'll talk about that in another episode because I really don't want to talk about that in this one because I don't think we have enough time. It's already We're already about 45 minutes into this podcast, so I don't think I will have enough time to answer or even just talk about me the potential or prospects of me opening up a barbershop. Ben Sutton asked, what's a good way to tackle a shape up on a high top fade with detachables? Do you mean actually shaping the high top or doing the lineup? I don't know what you mean. If you could, if you're still around, I hope you can answer that question and then I can, uh, Give you a reply. Malik123 says, I'm luck. My barber school is cheap. 3200 <laughs> Yo, that's good, man. Look, some people have different motives and different reasons for joining barber college and different expectations that they want to see out of their barber college. Like some people want to get all the knowledge. They want to know this. They want to know that. They want to know everything. Some people are there just to get their license and they don't care. They just like whatever do some people they go out and look for the cheapest barber college because they're like okay i got skills already i just need the license you know what i'm saying they just like forget all this knowledge i just want my license because i'm i'm all that right now you know what i'm saying so some you got the people that are like that so 3200 hey if you feel you just missing the license all your barber game is is missing is the license then who oh, cool 3200 i i feel you Yes, uh, this is so insightful. Thanks for being open. Yes, man, this is what this is all about. Being very open and honest with you guys. And like I said, if you guys have questions, shoot them in the comments below. Um, I'll basically open this last 15, 10, 15 minutes up to the questions. So if you guys have questions, leave them in the comments. Do not be shy. Uh, he says, so did you sell your taxi business or is it a passive uh, income for you now. No, I have absolutely nothing to do with taxi business anymore. It is not a passive income for me. Uh, that income is dead. Uh, luckily, I'll say this about the taxi business where I was in Florida. For the longest time, they didn't have Uber or Lyft. They actually just got Uber and Lyft about a year, year and a half ago. 
And I saw this coming, uh, which is another reason why I was like, let me just get out of this business. So we were like eating hand over fist, like because one, the city sets set the rates for that business. So essentially, unless we were just ripping someone off, we couldn't charge more than what the city set. We could charge less, but we could not charge more. And the price that they set was a good price. Uh, it was a tourist town. So, you know, people, for the most part, pretty much had to do this or drink and drive, which is not a good option, not a safe option. So we were making money hand over fist. Like a lot of people were like, man, these prices are expensive. And I was like, yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah, I agree. But it is what it is. And, you know, it, it, could I charge less? Yeah. But hey, I'm in the business to make money. Not give out charity, <laughs> but uh, no, I did not sell it. I actually tried and it was very tricky because at the time it was one of those things where a lot of people were getting out due to the fact that some and also another reason was there were some things that the city was implementing that was actually changing and affecting the cab business there. And I was like, yeah, this is probably a good time to get out uh, because before, like even before I got into it, like guys were making money hand over fist, which is why a lot more people actually got into it. And yeah, like around the time I was getting out, a lot of people were getting out and they basically rolled their money into other businesses. Smart move. And I pretty much did the same. And, you know, I came here and I'm now getting into barbering. So, uh, Ben Sutton is saying, oh, okay, shaping up the high top. So let me go back to your your original question. Okay, so what's a good way to tackle the shape of a high top with detachables? Okay, so if you're using detachables, you have a few different options. You can use the five or four zero blade because it's a surgical blade and it's flat. So what it'll do is it'll give you that it'll give you a nice flat surface to where you can just carve it out perfectly. Now me be me, I can shape any high top fro or whatever, faux hawk, whatever, with anything. It doesn't matter because I'm at that point where it doesn't matter what I'm using. But some people prefer a surgical blade because it's flat and it'll give you that real flat surface and you can really shape really, really good. Me, I don't care. But for you, for the sake of you, because I know you're asking this question, what's because you say what's a good way that's a good way. Use a five or four zero. Once you get to the three zero, it's more tapered off and you may not be able to, if you're, if, if you're not comfortable. And that's why I say that. Uh, also, if you're talking about detachables, they make an OAFD blade and that's actually made for shaping uh, froze and flat tops and things like that. So uh, if you use detachables and you're familiar, there's an OA blade, which you know, if you go into order five zero four zero three zero OA one one A one and a half, uh, there's an OAFD, and the FD stands for file down. Which, if you look on the blade, it'll say it'll have like a little circle with the arrow through it, and it'll say like no, not for. It'll either say like no skin or no scalp or something like that, which means you're not supposed to put this on anyone's scalp. So like you would use just a traditional OA, you know, to whether create a one inch guideline, you don't put this on the skin because it's filed down. It will like scratch up someone's skin. And, but that 
OA is actually made for that purpose alone. And it actually has a slightly different shape than the regular OA. Like if you look at the OA and look at the OAFD, the OAFD is more like a surgical flat look. It's quite cool if you actually look, if you're actually curious to do that. Uh, Jay Fade, what up, Jay Fade? He said, what was the hardest haircut for you when you started learning? Ooh, ooh, ooh. Um, man, when I started learning, the hardest haircut, I will say, was, I would say tapers were hard for me. I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll say two haircuts. Yeah, tapers and drop fades. And I think for a lot of barbers, drop fades are really hard. Now, the what may, well, we'll go back to the taper thing, but let me talk about the drop fades. I think what makes drop fades hard for a lot of barbers, and I even still have this problem to this day, but I think everyone has this problem. But the thing is, you have to know what to do when presented with this problem. A lot of people that want, well, no, nah, I can't really show you on my head, but you, you guys know what I'm talking about when I say this. The people that want the drop fade that have those lumps or those indentions that go right where the fade actually drops and contours and go below the occipital bone, the, those people that want drop fades that have that associated with their head, that makes the drop fade that much harder. Because what will happen, what you have to do is you have to lighten up those spots and create the illusion that it's not dark or that well, you can't really erase that lump, but those lumps create shadows and create lines that essentially, I mean, technically they're there, but they're not there. If, if you know what I'm saying, I'm, I'm pretty sure you guys know what I'm saying. So that actually just makes a drop fade hard. Also, for me in the beginning, what made drop fades hard was actually keeping the shape uh, in perfect symmetry of a drop fade, making sure it's all contoured perfectly on both sides. One side's not higher than the other, you know, because it's not a fade where the guideline just goes straight across. It's a it's a guideline that moves. It's like it's like a little wave. So that was really hard for me in the beginning. But then I found a system on doing drop fades. And then on top of that, just getting better at fades in general, it made doing drop fades a lot easier. And actually, I, I kind of like doing drop fades now. They're actually pretty easy, pretty easy haircuts, in, in my opinion. Um, but back to the tapers, my hardest thing in the beginning for tapers was actually completing that that fade in that little tiny little section. I had the hardest time. I was like, man, I was like struggling with, man, how am I going to get a good fade in this little tight little area? So uh, I was just would just struggle with tapers and I'd be doing a taper forever, which actually I, I did a taper today earlier one of the uh my barber sisters that attends the barber college with me she's in the the program to get her class a barber license she came here and got a haircut here today in this chair that i'm sitting in and she got a taper but i was just thinking uh back in the beginning man i would just struggle on tapers and it all went back to a lot of the problems that people have now learning or whatever uh, problem they have in the beginning. And that is, and if, by the way, if you guys have questions, I've got five more minutes. So if you guys have questions, throw your questions in the comments uh, while I'm talking.
because I know I some of you may have just hopped in, whatever the case may be. But in the beginning, a lot of people don't have a system. And even back then when I was learning, I had a system, but I would always abandon the system. And then I'd get so lost in the fade that I can't even think about the system anymore. I'm just so engulfed in trying to make this fade right that I just abandoned the system. And I'm sure we've all done this. But now I have a lot of systems because I've ma I've mastered a bunch of different systems. So what I'll do sometimes is some haircuts, I'll use one system. Some, some haircuts, I'll use another system. Some haircuts, I'll use guards. Like today when I did her hair, I use guards. But for every other time that I've cut her hair, I've used blades. So sometimes I'll use blades. Sometimes I'll use guards lately. I've been using guards lately, I've noticed. But I have a video coming out this Friday and it'll explain exactly why I'm using guards lately. But I'm not going to spoil the video for you guys. I kind of spoiled it for her, too, because she was asking me about it. Then I, I showed her what I was using. And she was like, what? She was like, wait a minute. You're using this with this? I was like, she was like, huh? And I was like, yeah. I was like, yeah. I was like, I have a video coming this Friday about it. But so I've been using guards lately. Uh, the Actually, now that I think about it, the last, yeah, about the last five haircuts I've I've done, I've used guards. Yeah, I haven't used blades in a while. So it, it's actually quite fun. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of funny. But it, that's, that's what I like about barbering. Like there's different things. There's not just one way to do things. There's a multitude of ways to do something. There's there's a point A, there's B, there's C, D, E, F, G. So, you know, one guy can fade one way. The other guy can fade another way. Another guy can fade a totally different way. Now, if all three of these guys can get to the same conclusion, that's all that matters, right? Because at the end of the day, right, you just want a clean fade. You want a clean style. You want to, you want some clean whatever, beard shaving, whatever. If all of these three guys use two totally different or three totally different scenarios to achieve one look to get to one outcome and they all do it within the same time frame that's all that matters that's all that matters is the look it doesn't matter how they did it the only thing that matters is that it's done and it's done to the way that the customer wanted that that's it that's it so a lot of people always knock like oh why, why are you doing this why are you doing because the guy wants to right hey if he gets to the to the end result and it's good. That's all that matters. Like I always, when I look at people fade, because of course, if you guys know, I'm in the barber instructor program. So I'll help people. And the luxury of me and the, the good thing about what I do is I can work within any one system. So if someone's fading one way, because some people, when they approach someone, they're trying to help someone, they only know their one way of fading. They only know, like, let's say, they only know how to fade down or they only know how to use guidelines. They only know how to use this type of clipper, this blah, 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 blah. They don't know how to use blades. They only know how to use guards and blah, blah, blah. Like me, I can, I, it doesn't matter. I can fade with the blades going down, going up, using guidelines. I can fade with the guards going down, going up, using guy like whatever. I can fade with the walls, the fast feeds, uh, and what, like whatever. It doesn't matter. I can fade with them all so I can help anyone do anything. So when I'm watching people, I just watch and ob I observe how they operate within the system because, hey, at the end of the day, unless they want me to give them a system and they need help there, I'm not going to change anything. I'm only going to make you better within what you do already. I'm just only, I'm only going to enhance what you do already naturally, unless you want 
me to actually change something or if you're having problems with something you say hey this not working for you i'm thinking about doing something else hey then i can offer you some suggestions but i'm gonna have to wrap up this podcast man you know they always say that old saying time flies when you're having fun because we're at that one hour mark uh and fdsvd i'm telling you you better change your screen name because you either gonna have to tell me your name or because I can't, I cannot say this every time. It, it it's almost one of them. Let me. Yeah, you you must have like just typed it real fast and was like, just create a screen name. You your screen name. It almost reminds me of someone trying to create a screen name, and every screen name is taken, and then you just kind of just press the keys and frustration, and then that's kind of like what popped up with your name. But I don't, I don't know. Who knows? But how long have I been cutting? A few years. I don't really keep track. The thing is, I always tell people, like, I started barbering when I decided I wanted to go to barber college because everything before that was nothing. Like, that was nothing. Like, all the stuff that I knew paled in comparison to the stuff that I learned once I decided I want to be a barber. So I always tell people that. But that's going to wrap up this podcast. I appreciate you guys for watching. Smash that like button, share the video, and subscribe if you have not done so already. Like I said, you can listen to this on iTunes, uh, Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, and all that good stuff. So if you want to watch this tomorrow, and those, if you, for those of you that are not aware, these are uploaded the next morning to those platforms. But of course, you could always listen and watch them here on YouTube. I appreciate you guys for tuning in. It's been a fun one. I've got to get some sleep. I've got to go to school in the morning. I got to teach some theory and have some fun, which actually I got to pack up some things for theory tomorrow. So yeah, I, I need to get prepared for uh, for school tomorrow, if you know what I'm saying. But I appreciate you guys for watching. It's been your man, I do a barber signing out. I will holler.